morning. Welcome. We're so glad that you're here. Hey, let me tell you something that is a struggle for me, is inviting people to church, especially during Christmas. So something that we've tried to be able to do is take a gift to our, our neighbors. We'll take them popcorn and then usually one of the 
the programs to be able to, to show them what's coming up at Camp CC. But what's so interesting is that a lot of times I will already project and assume the no that that person's gonna actually say, when a lot of times that's not even close. But I assume, and I already have the type of excuses they're gonna give me, and so I'm out. I know it. I know you're gonna be too busy. I know it's gonna be awkward now because we're talking about church. But what's so interesting is that during this time of year in particular, it's very raw for a lot of people. They're going through a lot of stuff. And I have to tell myself that a no, that's coming from me. That's not coming from the person that the Lord's putting on my heart. So I remember back, we would take these bins of popcorn and there was a, a neighbor that we had that nobody, nobody liked on our neighborhood. In fact, he was quite scary, to be honest. Like I'm pretty sure all the balls that went over the fence, he ate. But I remember us taking it and sometimes he wouldn't even answer the door. And as we would leave shaking back to our house, we thought, oh, well, well. very confrontational if he'd see us, never had a smile on his face. One time we knocked on the door because we were there for about three years. We continued to do this and love on him. And my three-year-old at the time went up and gave him a hug. And it was almost like watching the Santa Claus 3 when Jack Frost slowly melts and showed that he has a heart. And at that moment, I thought, my goodness, I wonder if God's really been working on this guy's heart. He can even use popcorn. But the other interesting thing is that with this particular gentleman, he was angry a lot. But friends, that's where we got to remember that the anger that somebody has, we can never take personal. And on top of that, the root of that anger is usually hurt, is usually pain. So I remember thinking, oh my gosh, if we, if church comes up, he's gonna ask a hard question. And me, even as a pastor, I may not be able to answer it. You know what his question was? What time are the services? I was so, so shocked. I was like stuttering over the words of trying to remember what time the services actually were. But I thought, wow. So you know what success is, friends? It's not if they show up on Christmas Eve. Success is in the invitation that you give. Success is in the prayer that leads up to the invitation that you give. Success is the prayer following that invitation that God does something in that person's heart. So success has nothing to do with whether that person actually shows up in this building on December 24th. Success is all dependent upon us following what God places on our hearts.
and whether we're obedient to that. Because believe me, especially right now, there are people that need to be reminded of hope and promises that only God can provide. Say 
probably sung this song a hundred times. It's just truly look at what you're singing. Look at these powerful words that have been sung for centuries. And picture that in your mind.
It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas Everywhere you go There's a tree in the Grand Hotel With candy canes and silver lanes that glow It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas Toys in every store But the prettiest sight to see Is the holly that will be On your own front door Sure, it's Christmas Once a more Well, good morning. Welcome to Camarillo Community Church. We're so glad that you're with us this morning. My name is David Hurtado, in case we were new to each other today. If you're watching online, welcome to you as well. We see you. We know that there's been sicknesses going through the homes. We're on our second cold. I'm getting over it today. I feel better today than I have in the last five days, but I'm going on two weeks of being down with this kind of thing. So if you're at home because of that, we want to say we see you, we love you. We're just glad that you're hanging out with us and still participating with us. And hopefully you'll be able to enjoy as we continue in our series with Christmas symbols and talking about how they reflect upon our God and Christ as well as we talk about the the Christmas stocking today. Maybe you'll enjoy that from your couch today. So welcome everybody. So glad that you're with us today. A couple things before we jump in. Uh, When you walked in today, you noticed there was a card next to you or beside you. Uh, That is the Christmas Eve card. We've had some other Christmas cards as well that kind of shared about some events that we had going on this month. But this card is simply to kind of uh, promote what we're doing for Christmas Eve. Uh, It looks like this uh, and it has on the very top 4 and 6 p.m. are our gathering times for Christmas Eve. Now that's this week. I think Kelly did a great job of admonishing all of us to maybe invite a friend, a neighbor, a coworker, somebody in your sphere of influence. Uh, why don't you invite them out to um, our Christmas Eve gathering together. We'd love for you to do that. I think the popcorn idea is a great idea. We'd love to see as many people as possible here with us. We decided this year, instead of doing a Christmas morning, uh, which falls on Christmas uh, this year on Sunday morning, that we would just do two Christmas Eve. And and the reason we're doing that is because, believe it or not, it's kind of hard to find the volunteers to pull off everything that we pull off on a weekend, especially when you're uh, dealing with families, dealing with Christmas morning. And so we decided to do that um, as well. And also, if you are here, and you're going to be here on Christmas Eve and uh, you can stay both uh, gathering times. We would love to know that. You can go to the counter in the back and let them know, hey, I'll be here for both times. Put me to work. We need helpers on Christmas Eve to make everything happen as well on Christmas Eve. So if you're able to do that, uh, please let us know. We would love for you to help us with that challenge. We want to put the best foot forward we can with all the guests that we'll be receiving on that day. So don't forget the Christmas invites. If you can serve and be here an extra time, please let us know in the back. And then lastly, I don't know if you know this, but right here along this wall, on the other side of this wall, uh, right next to our nursery or early childhood uh, area, uh, there is a nativity there that you can take your kids and plug and play them like, and, and then take a picture of the nativity. If you haven't done that yet, you want to do that and go over there and see the nativity, have your kids be Mary and Joseph and the baby Jesus and all that stuff, and then post it online. And then would you tag us, tag Camarillo Community Church on that? That would be awesome. We'd love to see that. um, uh, We'd love to see pictures like that. 
Well, we've been in a great series. We found the gospel in candy canes. We found the gospel in Christmas trees. We found the gospel in Christmas reefs. Now, I'm not sure we're going to find the gospel in every Christmas stocking, but it's sure going to be fun finding the redemptive themes or redeeming themes in the Christmas stocking. Christmas time is the season of what? Giving, that's right. Christmas is a season of giving, and, and we see it, uh, you know, all around us, all around. That's awesome, you're wearing a, a Christmas hat. I don't know who you are, but that's so cool. Um, <laughs> um, anyway, so Christmas is a season of giving, and, uh, and we see it like Toys for Tots is something that happens during Christmas time, helping families that can't afford gifts. I think I was a recipient of that when I was a kid. Uh, Angel Tree is, is an organization that helps children uh, that have incarcerated parents to make sure that they get Christmas, gift, Christmas gifts during Christmas time. Angel Tree. Operation Christmas Child, a Christian organization that makes sure that children get gifts across the world in third world countries. Salvation Army, during Christmas time, there's a person outside ringing a bell. They help uh, give food and shelter to families that are finding uh, 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 a time of, of, of homelessness. If you have a Hispanic friend during this season, you might get what? Tamales. Tamales. And by the way, if you do, share those things. <laughs> Give one to your pastor. I'm Hispanic, but I don't know how to make tamales. That's not my country. So, so uh, yes, share the love, right? I remember uh, back in the day when I was serving in a church in the Bay Area, there was a family there that every year during the Christmas season, the way they would kind of inaugurate the Christmas season for themselves, they get them in the Christmas spirit. Uh, the, way, the, the thing that said to them Christmas time is they'd pick one person in the church and they'd take them on a shopping spree. They would. They'd go up to the person and they'd say, hey, we'll let you know, uh, we've chosen you this year. We do this every year. We take somebody on a shopping spree and kind of, you know, give them some new outfits to wear. And uh, the only condition we have in this is we want you to not tell anybody that we did this. And the reason that was the case, they, didn't, they didn't, weren't doing it for the notoriety. They were doing it because Christmas is the season of what? giving and so they wanted to celebrate that and the way they would do that is to take somebody and take them on a shopping spree. The only reason I know that is because one year they came to me and said, you're our person. And I was like, that's awesome. Let's do this, right? And uh, they spent about $300 on new outfits for me. To be honest, I've been kind of waiting on the Lord to put it on one of your guys' hearts. To... <laughs> Can't you see I've been wearing the same stuff? Or... <laughs> I'm just kidding. Anyway, uh, Christmas is a time of celebration. It's a celebrating time, and it's a season of what? Giving. giving. Good, you're starting to see the point. Christmas is a season of giving, but have you ever wondered how it got that reputation? Today, we're going to look at something as simple as a Christmas stocking and ask how this Christmas symbol feeds into that grand reputation. Have you ever considered? Where did the Christmas stocking come from? And how does it affect our understanding of Christmas? Have you ever considered the origins of the Christmas stocking at Christmas time? And how that story of that origin contributes to the grander theme of the season? What are Christmas stockings all about? And how does that fall in line with biblical themes? That's where we're going today. And I hope you're excited because it's actually going to be a little bit of fun together. Overarching question will be on the screen for you is how is the Christmas stocking a good parallel for biblical Christmas themes? How is the Christmas stocking a good parallel for biblical Christmas themes? 
Again, I'm not sure we're going to find the gospel in every Christmas stocking out there in the world. But how is it a good parable for biblical Christmas themes? The first thing we need to look at is the origins of the stocking itself. What are the origins of the Christmas stocking? Where did it come from? How did we get it? How did we get that tradition? Why do we follow this today, right? Now, before I get to that, I want to just say that I did some research online as to what kind of Christmas stockings are out there. And you can get these things in all kinds of fashion. So for some of you guys who are like, you know, retired military or active military, I know we have a lot of folk like that in our church, you can get like this kind of a stocking, which is like, you know, a tactical gear stocking. And by the way, this is available right now online. And so if you're saying, my husband would love that, buy it today. It probably gets here before if you do it on Amazon, it can get here tomorrow. Um, that's like tactical gear stocking for those of you guys. If you are an avid, fish, avid fisherman, this would be for my son Donovan, you can actually get one in the shape of a fish. A stocking in the shape of a fish. I think there's a hook, if you look really closely, on the mouth of that fish. If your name is Matt Hildebrand, you'll love this one. Uh, yeah, you're into hockey, and, and yeah, you can actually put your name on that, right? And then for all of you guys who are Star Wars fanatics, there's these. Uh, yeah, if you look real closely, there is a Chewbacca uh, stocking, there is a Darth Vader stocking, there is a R2-D2 stocking. You can get these anywhere. <laughs> you can get these. They're all over the place. They're all themed out. You can get stockings for about anything nowadays. But have you ever considered where the stocking came from? What, is, what are its origins and how did it come to be? Well, let me tell you that it's actually a very unique tradition if you think about it very closely. Uh, like this tradition of putting goodies in an old flammable sock that is conveniently placed outside of a burning fireplace. It's actually rather unique and some people might call it dumb. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where did this thing come from? How did it come about? Well, the old ancient folklore legend of the story is it all began with a poor family. A poor family that had come on some extra hard times. There was a man who had three daughters and a wife who had died prematurely. And uh, so that exasperated their situation, already poor as it was to have a wife die prematurely, obviously bringing, making this situation even more tenuous exasperated the situation as the gentleman faced the fact that he wasn't able to afford to pay a dowry to be able to send his daughters off into marriage. Now, a dowry, it was something that would be used in cultures that had arranged marriages. And a lot of times, families would pick the family that they would, uh, you know, pair up their son or daughter with based on financial backing. Like we want to make sure they have the same financial setup that we have in our family. So we want to pick another family that has a similar financial setup. And so the way that you could prove that was to provide a dowry. If you didn't have a dowry at the time, it was almost nearly impossible to marry off your daughters. So here's a gentleman without a wife, already poor, having three daughters and unable to pay a dowry to marry off his daughters and to arrange marriages. The story goes that a Christian bishop named Nicholas uh, of the variety of jolly old Saint Nick, who eventually becomes Santa Claus, that Saint Nicholas, heard about the issue and wanted to help, but the man refused to accept any money. Has anybody ever heard this before? Wow, this is awesome. Like not very many of you at all. Okay. Uh, uh, so a guy named, uh, you know, uh, St. Nick comes and wants to help, but the guy won't accept any money. And so St. Nicholas visits the home of the family 
and the socks of the girls were drying over the fireplace. Now this makes a whole lot more sense. You would wash the socks, now you need to dry them, hang them next to the fireplace so that they can dry and you can use them again. Now that's how the socks got on the fireplace. So he visits the home where the family of the girls were hanging their socks over the fireplace and he deposited either bags of gold or gold balls, depending on which tradition you follow, and, uh, and giving them their ability to be married off eventually. Interestingly enough, that this would be really cool, um, how many of you guys have a memory of in your stocking oranges or tangerines? Raise your hand. Yeah, if you have any kind of a Scandinavian background or any kind of a European background, there's always oranges in the stockings. You're like, man, I prefer Snickers, right? But there's always an orange in the stocking, right? Do you know what the oranges were there to represent? These balls of gold. They're round and they would represent Saint Nick putting the balls of gold into these girls' stockings so they can be married off. And so that's why you have tangerines or oranges in your stocking. I know I, I, my, my wife's family, Scandinavia, there's, an, there's a tangerine in every year. I never understood why. Um, they're always sour. You know, I didn't get it. But now I know. I Now I know why they put those in the stock. It's actually really beautiful what it represents, the gold balls that were placed into the socks of these girls so they get married off. And so we, there you have the origin of the Christmas stocking that is steeped in generosity and care. And it is a season of what? Giving. Giving. And so here you have more of that in the origins of the stocking. <clears throat> now let's take a look at how this marries very well with Christmas biblical themes. So how is Christmas stocking a good parallel for a biblical Christmas themes? Well, let's take a look at those uh, biblical themes, parallels to biblical themes. I want to show you some scripture verses that show how this marries very, very well. The season of giving, the season of Christmas, how it marries very well with the Bible. Let's start with the first one, John 3.16, probably the most famous Bible verse in the Bible. What I want to do, the, we have so many of these passages, what I want to do is I'm going to read the portion that's in black, and then there's a highlighted red uh, phrase or word, and that's going to be your part to say out loud, all right? That's my way of making sure that you stay awake during this message. All right, no, no, but we'll do this together. Uh, uh, for God so loved the world that he what? Gave. Gave this one and his only son, whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. We'll go to the next one. It's in Galatians chapter one, verses three and four. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who what? Gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. We'll go to Acts as well. Let's go to Acts chapter 17. Uh, God who made the world and everything in it, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by hands. And he's not served by human hands as if he needed anything because he himself, what? Gives all men life and breath and everything else in it. We serve a God who gives. He's a generous God. That's who he is. Uh, uh, he, he made this world. He, he gives us salvation. Everything we see has been given for us. 
He's a generous God. And here's the interesting thing. As we go to the next passage, we see that we should kind of imitate him. Be imitators of God, according to Ephesians chapter 5. Therefore, as dearly loved children and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and what? Gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. I have to say that you guys are kind of losing it. Um, I'm doing my part. You guys are not doing yours. Uh, And we'll go to Mark chapter 10. It says this, for even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve. Why? And he gave his, oh, sorry, to give his life. (laughs) Oh, that's great. To give his life as a ransom for many. God himself came on this earth, didn't want to be served. He served others, gave his life away. We'll keep on going. First Chronicles we find in the Old Testament. But who am I? And who are my people that we should be able to what? Give as generously as this. Everything comes from you. We have given you only what comes from your hand. Uh, We replicate you. You give to us. We give. You are giving God. You're generous. So we are giving. We are generous. It all comes from you. And then probably my favorite one of all says this in James chapter 1. Every good and perfect what? Gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like the shifting shadows. We serve a God who gives. He is a giving God. And then we replicate that giving as well. We see a generous God. And in turn, we follow his example. Which really kind of brings us to the big idea. Which will be on the screen. It says this. We give because we've been given so much. That's the the Christian faith. That's the Christian worldview. We give because we've been given so much. That's why you would go out of your way to give somebody a shopping spree at Christmas time. It's why you drop some money inside that little red basket when there's a person ringing a bell outside the supermarket. That's why you would give to various organizations that try to provide gifts for families that are in need. That's why you go out of your way to do those things. We give because we've been given so much. We give because we've been given so much. We just follow the very model of God in giving to others. And I wonder if you've considered this Christmas season how God might be calling you to share in the season of giving. How might God be causing you to share in the season of giving. You know, one year, hundreds of Walmart customers arrived to the superstore to find a surprise. While they were gone, a mysterious person had come in and paid off all the Christmas layaway payments currently outstanding at the East Marlboro location. $29,000 worth of products. While a man hoped to remain anonymous, he ran into a customer who, had, who after experiencing his generosity, asked for his name. Chris Kringle, he told her. Isn't that beautiful? Um, Christmas is a season of giving. His name wasn't Chris Kringle. <laughs> but uh, uh, the point is, Christmas is a season of giving. And not, listen, not all gift giving needs to be financial. For those of you saying, man, I wish I could participate. It doesn't all have to be financial. I want to show you, um, this comes from a, a, somebody who's held in very high esteem named Chuck Swindoll as a preacher of many years. 
This is what he writes. Some gifts you give at Christmas are beyond monetary value. You can mend a quarrel, dismiss suspicion, tell somebody I love you, give something away anonymously, forgive someone who has treated you wrong, turn away wrath with a soft answer, visit someone in a nursing home, apologize if you've done something wrong, be especially kind to someone with whom you work, Give as God gave you in Christ without obligation or announcement or reservation or hypocrisy. Isn't that beautiful? Christmas is a season of giving and we give because we've been given so much. We give because we've been given so much. You know, if you are new to us and maybe you're here with us um, I really knew this whole Christianity thing. Maybe you're watching online because somebody told you about our church and you thought, well, let me check that out. I don't know about this whole religious thing. And you're wondering what it is about the Christian faith or the Christian worldview that separates us from the rest. I want to be very clear on what that looks like and what that is. And, and that is to say that we as Christians believe that we are born with this disease it's a spiritual disease called sin, meaning that, that God is holy and set apart, and we, after we've done one thing wrong, don't deserve this God anymore. And yet many of us would be willing to admit that we've done a whole plethora of things wrong, the past, present, and probably into the future as well. And so because we have this problem, there's a separation between us and God, and, and there's a gap there that we need help with. We can't get there on our own. And the gospel message, the, the, the worldview of Christianity says you don't have to get there on your own. God can help you get there. And the way he does that is by celebrating, by, by sending his son, something that we celebrate during Christmas time, and sending his son to die on the cross for your sin. So that when he dies on the cross, all of my sin, all my past doings are placed on him. And I know you might be thinking, well, I'm not a murderer and I'm not either. I've never murdered anybody. But I have hated someone. And according to Jesus and that higher view of spirituality, that's like murder. I've never committed adultery, neither have I. I've never committed adultery. But I have lusted. And according to Christ, that in the higher view of spirituality, that's like committing adultery. And so I find myself condemned and needing someone to help, needing a savior. And Christ died on the cross for all of my sin so that God can look on that work of the cross, place all his wrath for all the wrongdoing in the world, and then give me credit for the life I could never live on my own. Give me a righteousness that's not my own and place it on my account. And so there's a transfer that happens on the cross, my sin for his righteousness. And then when God looks at me, this is the amazing thing. That's why we call it the good news, the gospel. It just means good news. That when God looks at me, knowing all my past, all my shame, all my humiliation, my present, the things that I'm battling, my future, the things that I'll struggle with, he sees it all. But at the same time, he says, that's my perfect child because he sees it through the lens of the body and blood of Jesus Christ. When you place your faith in that, you become a follower of Christ. Paul says in Romans that if we confess with our mouth, actually confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, say, I believe Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you'll be saved. And that is the methodology of coming to Christ. I confess with my mouth Jesus is Lord. 
I believe that you raised him from the dead and you'll be saved. That's what marks us as different. That's what marks the Christian worldview and separates us from the rest. We do acknowledge that we pale in comparison to this God, but we have a God who said, I'm gonna make a way for you anyway. Now, I've been working all month long to make sure that I make a special mention to a specific individual out there. And that is the person who says, well, I've known all that. And I've known all that since I was a little kid. And somewhere along the way, I took a detour. And I have a lot of shame inside because I should have known better. I've taken this big old long detour and I'm here, but I'm in a separate category because I should have known better. Can I just encourage you to not worry about the detour and just worry about the fact that you're here right now and all the truths of the scriptures that are there and available to somebody who walks in off the street for the very first day and first time hearing about Christ are available to you. Like he makes you white as snow too. He takes all your shame and guilt. But I took a detour and I should have known. Yeah, he knows that. And he cleans you up and he sets you on the right path. Why don't you just get walking back into the family of God than worrying about the detour. Can you do that? Christmas is a season of? We give because he's given us so much. I wonder what he's calling you to do. And if it's giving me a shopping spree, well, listen, I don't think I'll refuse. I'm just kidding. Why don't you bow your head and close your eyes? Father, I'm just grateful to be on the stage this morning after a week of just difficulty uh, getting through. But I am thankful for these truths. They're so beautiful. The stocking, who knew? There was so much wonderful stuff in that. The season of giving, the Christmas season's always been about giving and helping others. Why? Because it's, it's representative of you giving your son to help us make things right with you. And so we celebrate it. We celebrate not only family times, but we celebrate the spiritual things behind all this. That you sent your son to die on the cross for our sin. And then we replicate a giving heart because you're a generous God. Would you receive our gift of generosity as worship to you this Christmas season? We ask it all in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Pastor David. Um, you know, at Christmas time, you hear a lot about good news. And what David just shared was the good news. That's what the good news is, that God became a man being born as a baby, Jesus Christ, growing up, living a sinless life, dying on the cross for our sins so that we can receive him. And for some of you here today, maybe for the first time, you're taking a step of faith and receiving that. Um, and accepting that gift that God's offering to you of salvation. If that's you, would you just let us know? And you can let us know by going to the welcome counter on the left-hand side of the lobby on the way out and talking to someone. Um, we have people there who are ready to help you out, give you a Bible if you don't have one. Um, if you're, you can also fill out the information card or you can go to camcc.net and click on next steps and fill that out as well. And one of our pastors will get back to you. That's especially helpful if you're watching online. All right. We're going to receive our offering now. It's one of the ways we worship God. 
Everything that you see here is supported by the tithes and offerings of God's people, and that's you guys. And I just want to say thank you for your generosity and support of the ministry here. It enables us to keep our youth ministry going and our children's ministry going and offer services and all the things we do, community impact. Um, is because of your faithfulness. So thank you for that. There's three ways to participate. Um, as they put on the screen a second ago. Um, by by campcc.net, click give, text the amount you want to donate to 84321 or the offering box in the lobby. All right. Um, if no one's already said it, Merry Christmas. And be, yeah, thank you. And before you go, check out uh, this video. Good morning. I'm Clara Chisholm, and I'm part of the high school ministry here at CAMCC. I'm so glad you were here. If you were a first, second, or third time guest, we have some fantastic gifts for you to thank you for hanging out with us today. It's like Christmas came early. I'm talking Starbucks gift cards, mugs, and dessert. Go to the welcome counter in the lobby with your connection card, or if you're watching online, go to camcc.net slash next steps. This Christmas season is a great time to invite friends, family, co-workers, and neighbors to join you at the many great up-and-coming things here at CAMCC. Saturday, December 24th, Christmas Eve candlelight gatherings, 4 and 6 p.m. Join us for our dynamic and powerful Christmas Eve gathering with upbeat live music, delicious holiday sweet treats, festive family photos, and classic carols. Childcare will be provided for birth to pre-K. This will be an evening you will not want to miss. We will not be holding gatherings on Christmas Day so that you can all spend time with your families, which is why we are offering two gatherings on Christmas Eve. So get here early to get a seat. Who will you ask to join you as a guest? Sunday, January 15th, baptisms. We will be having baptisms for both worship gatherings. If you would like to take the next step in your faith, mark your connection card baptism or go to campcc.net slash next steps and Pastor Daryl will get in touch with you or answer any questions you may have. You don't even have to sign up. We will have everything you need if you decide to make the decision that morning. A true outward expression of an inward change. For more info, contact Daryl at campcc.net. To stay in the loop of what's going on at CAMCC, follow us on Instagram, like us on Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. For more info on any of these events, go to CAMCC.net. I am Kimmy Reed. I'm one of the worship leaders here at CAMCC. And something I got out of the message is that that generosity can be shown through love and allowing people to be seen. That neighbor that Kelly had talked about eventually started asking us to come to their house for events. And one time we were walking out the door, Lyric grabbed his hand and he looked over at us and he said, I don't understand why she likes me so much. But I really truly believe that's because she just showed him true love and consistency and, um, and just allowing him to be seen. And um, if you are a guest here with us today, we would be happy to have you join us at the Welcome Center and receive your gifts. And um, please also make sure that you grab one of these cards for yourself, but also one or two that you can take with you and invite your neighbor. And then we have out on the patio, we have some coffee and tea, also some donuts. So please join us out there for some fellowship. And this, this Saturday is Christmas Eve. So we look forward to seeing you there. Have a great morning. Thank you.